Today's scripture comes from the Psalms. Psalm 89, verses 1 through 8, and verse 14. I will sing of the love of the fount of life forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness from across the generations. When I declare that your faithful love is established forever, your faithfulness is established in the heavens. And you responded, I have inscribed a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn an oath to the descendants of Bathsheba. I will establish your line forever. Your throne that I will build will be to all generations. The heavens confess your wonders, O womb of creation, and to your faithfulness in the congregation of the holy ones. For who in the skies can be compared to the womb of life? Who is like the mother of all among the children of the gods? A dread God in the council of the holy ones, great and terrible above all who surround her, warrior, protectress, who is mighty like you? You who are, your faithfulness surrounds you. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. Enduring love and faithfulness go before your face. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Again, exploring further names for God. Please turn to him 134 in Voices Together. Bring many names. This really is new to us. We haven't sung it before as a group, although I think some people have learned it as individuals. Um, six verses, the fifth or the sixth verse has a slightly different ending. You'll, it, it makes sense. Uh, musically, it makes sense. Um, so let, let's just try. <laughs>
As Beth has already said to us, today wraps up our year with the Reverend Dr. Wilda Gaffney's Year W, Women's Lectionary. And I thought I would share with you some of the questions that she began with when she set out on this project, because I don't think I did at the beginning of the year. And now that we've gone through it, let's hear these. Will Gaffney writes, what does it look like to tell the good news through the stories of women who are often on the margins of scripture and often set up to represent bad news? <laughs> How would a lectionary centering women's stories chosen with womanist and feminist commitments in mind frame the presentation of the scriptures for proclamation and teaching? How is the story of God told when stories of women's br brutalization and marginalization are moved from the margins of canon and lectionary and held in the center in tension with stories of biblical heroines and heroes. More simply, she writes, what would it look like if women built a lectionary focusing on women's stories? These were my initial questions when I sat down to draft a proposal for a women's lectionary, a lectionary designed by women or an individual woman for the whole church. I do not imagine that my questions and perceptions are the questions and perceptions of all other women, but I do believe that my questions and perceptions invite women, men, and non-binary readers and hearers to engage the scriptures in new ways. And in that engagement, they might find themselves and their questions represented. And indeed, I have felt an opening and a liberation in how Will Gaffney has invited us into the scriptures in this past year. But I will tell you, the one gift from this year in the year W with the Reverend Dr. Wilda Gaffney that I will take with me to my grave is her names for God. Many of you know that in the Hebrew scriptures, there is what's called the Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H. We often pronounce it Yahweh. What it means literally in Hebrew is the name. Now, some of you know, because you've heard me in worship, replace that with Hashem when I read. Hashem in Hebrew means the name. I learned that at seminary. This gives me a chance to call out my dear seminary friends, Angela Minky Ballou and AJ Ballou and their child Jameson Minky Ballou, who are on an epic National Parks road trip all the way from Cape Cod and staying with us for a couple of days. But when we were in seminary together at Iliff, I learned from Jewish teachers and Jewish friends that contemporary Jews for the most part, do not speak the name of God aloud. There is one service per year where they dare to utter the name of God. And for Christians to just say, Yahweh, 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 um, it's a little grating on, on Jewish ears. So they often say Hashem instead. Well, what Will Gaffney has done, whoa, this has blown my mind and changed forever how I engage scripture is she has created a whole list, it's in the appendix, of God names and divine titles, front and back, a full page of them. And what she did in every Hebrew Bible translation, because these are all her translations, is every time the name Yahweh was there, she simply inserted a name, a name for God, a 
name of many names for God. In today's psalm, and you don't see it, like when you're hearing it, you don't, you don't get it quite as much. When you're reading it, all the names are in all caps, so they stand out. So today's Psalm 89, these are the names that she used. Fount of life. O womb of creation. Mother of all. Warrior protectrix. Is that all of them? Oh, and womb of life. So, O womb of creation and womb of life. Oh, and you who are. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. That's another one. You who are. So these were some of the many names of God that Will Gaffney, in her engagement with the scripture and her prayer life with her God, um, came up with these creative names and inserted them each time the Hebrew scriptures said the name. This has been um, really liberating for me to think of a new way of, of engaging these scriptures and engaging the name of God. So this, um, I picked Psalm 89 because I could pick basically half the book because we haven't finished all of your W. So I just picked a Psalm that I liked um, and I thought this was a nice one, and I sent it out to our worship leaders, and I failed to include the psalm number or the psalm text. And so Robin wrote dutifully back and said, is it more of a psalm of praise or lament? Like, can I have a... <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to actually give you the psalm. And I said, a psalm of praise, which it, it is, I think, mostly. That is the thrust of the psalm. I thought that was a good way to end our year. Um, and here it is, I will sing of the faith of, and love of the fount of life forever with my mouth. I will make known your faithfulness from across generations. The heavens confess your wonders, a womb of creation, and to your faithfulness in the congregation of the holy ones. Just on and on with these praise imageries. And this week, this week my psalm of praise turned to a psalm of lament. On Monday, I showed up at the office. <laughs> Melissa's already laughing. Melissa said, oh, I was just about to send you a text. And there were two citations from the city of Seattle against Seattle Mennonite Church. Uh, I don't know that I want to go into the detail of the one that was just completely ridiculous and wrong. Um, we've gotten that one settled. What's that? It's retracted. it's retracted. That citation has been retracted because the city was wrong. And we had to point it out to them in multiple ways for multiple people. The second citation was for maintaining an encampment and um, not complying with code. So code violation. Now it is true that there is a small encampment on our property. That is true. And we have been cited by the city. And uh, if we don't clear it out by the 23rd, uh, they will start fining us $150 per day for the first 10 days, and then it grows to $500 per day. And I am angry. 
I am angry because what I'm about to do now is confess to you. This is one of the things that we do in church. We confess. I confess to you that I am spearheading and conducting a sweep of our property tomorrow, and I don't believe in sweeps. I confess to you that I don't even know how to live with myself. I am so angry that our city provides no shelter in North Seattle. Did you know that? Zero beds, literally no shelter in North Seattle. Relentlessly sweeps camps of humans from public properties. Very specifically, Concrete Park, Jackson Park, huge one, not long ago. And that when those humans who do not vanish, can we proclaim that? Can we say an amen? Humans don't disappear. Amen? Amen. amen. When those humans who do not vanish inevitably end up on private property, because I don't know, do you know of any properties that are neither public nor private? Does the city think those fantastical lands exist somewhere that are neither public nor private? When those humans that the city has swept onto our property land there, then the city makes money off of us by citing and finding us. I've made more calls this week than I have in the rest of my life, and I am activated like I have never been before. I've told a group of people that are kind of holding this, Stewardship Council and staff and some others that are kind of holding some more of the details, because the details are long and complicated. Um, to hold me accountable, I'm calling Deborah Juarez and the mayor every day. And I have asked the mayor, and when I talked with Kevin Howe and the Department of Construction and whatever it is that's cited us for a code violation, I said, first of all, uh, the code violation is a direct result of city action. So you could take this back to the mayor, please, and let him know that his actions have resulted in this code violation. And if he would like somebody to pay fines on it, he's welcome to. I also said that I need, um, I need our mayor and Deborah Juarez to answer one simple question for me, and that is, where do I tell these humans to go? And that's not rhetorical. It's not rhetorical. I'll wait. I'll wait, in fact. Where, where are they supposed to go? I don't know. What I know is my psalm of praise has turned into a psalm of lament, and I'm angry. And while earlier, last week, when I was choosing Psalm 89, I was really drawn to fount of life and a womb of creation and, oh, Mother God, right now I'm feeling warrior protectrix, a dread God in the council of the Holy Ones, great and terrible above all who surround her. Ugh! I mean, can we just do it? Can we do a melon noise? Okay. All right. Everybody taking a breath. Taking another breath and let it out with a sigh. A Melanie sigh sigh. Ah. Ah. 
So this psalm, it turns out, was not just a psalm of praise. It never was. Psalms and many psalms contain multitudes, right? Even the psalms of praise have anger and lament, and the psalms of lament conclude with praise. So they're always a mix and a mess of things. So to call it a psalm of praise is always too simplistic and too reductive. There's always more to it. There is always the warrior protectrix with the womb of life. And then I woke, I woke to, um, uh, here you know a little something about my um, patterns to Instagram. Um, and uh, there was Austin Channing Brown, um, one, someone that I worked with, in fact, somebody that I hired in Chicago, but now has become a very big deal. And uh, th this post has two slides. You're going to hear them both. Um, and they were hashtagged Sunday Sermon, so I decided it was a sign. <laughs> Hashtag Sunday Sermon. Every woman, that's the top of it, every woman has a well-stocked arsenal of anger, potentially useful against those oppressions, personal and institutional which brought that anger into being. And then I was moving things around. Oh, can I grab the... Um... I'm going to come on here. Oh, yeah, Casey's on it. He's on it. Um... Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I see it now. Thanks, Casey. That was thoughtful of you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Angie and AJ and Jameson, I don't always preach like this, but here we are. Um, this one couldn't be contained in a manuscript. I was moving things around this morning as I do. I sort of, I don't know if you know that, that that's one of the things that your pastors do is we nest every Sunday morning, kind of. I shoved the chairs. For some reason, they had gotten really pushed back, so I shoved whole section of chairs. That's just, just a thing that happens. I brought our covenant back out. It hasn't been out for a little while, and it just seemed like there was a place and it fit. So I pulled it out, and I was, and all I could see was we renounce evil, both personal and corporate, enjoying God's plan for healing the earth and bringing peace to its people. We accept God's call to share the good news of transforming love and welcome others to faith and belonging in Jesus' beloved community. Our friend Rachel Weasley, friend and neighbor, who's been with us a number of times and, as you know, is pastor and church planter at Community of Hope up in Bellingham, a queer-centered Anabaptist faith community, faith community, um, is also a composer. She's been with us with her songs a number of times, and one of them made it into Voices Together. And I'm not going to have you turn to it because it's in true Rachel Weasley fashion. It's, it's like Taze for activists, activist contemplatives. How can our anger give life? Anger give life. How can our anger give 
She wrote another one that we'll hear during our reflection time based on a quote from Augustine, Daughters of Hope. Go with us anger, go with us courage, Daughters of Hope. Augustine wrote some terrible things, and also he wrote, Hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage. Anger at the way things are and courage to see that they do not remain as they are. Austin Channing Brown's second slide. Focused with precision, this anger can become a powerful source of energy serving progress and change. Anger expressed and translated into action in the service of our vision and our future is a liberating and strengthening act of clarification. I am angry. and our warrior protectrixes too. So I'm gonna to return to the names of God because if I'm going to be able to sustain advocacy and action and hope, I'm going to need prayer. I'm gonna to need to draw on some source and power that is bigger than me, something that centers all of us together in our anger and our courage and our advocacy. And this makes me think of James Baldwin, actually, who says, if the concept of God has any validity or any use, it can only be to make us larger, freer, and more loving. Yeah, let's say it again for the people in the back. If if the concept of God has any validity or any use, it can only be to make us larger, freer, and more loving. Yeah? God is shelter. God is shelter. God is good news for the poor. God is compassionate love for each one of God's beloveds. God is fierce, protective justice. God is warrior pro protectrix. God is shelter. God is love. God is shelter. God is love. 
God is shelter. God is love. God is shelter. God is love. Amen, and may it be so.